my past My heart is yours to borrow Ain't nothing meant to last I ain't lying I don't lie Without an alibi Don't ask too many questions You don't want answers to You don't like my direction Hell, I won't follow you G'day, g'day, g'day. How you going? Uh, welcome to episode number 28 of the Average Man Podcast. Um, I would like to do a big shout out to um, the Average Man's uh, Podcast's main sponsor, uh, two-way hire services. So two-way hire services are your family-owned and operated two-way radio supplier. They ship throughout the w- uh, WA free of charge. So whether you need a portable handheld radio, CB radio for your vehicle or antenna, two-way hire services will keep you connected. Find them on Facebook or at www.twhs.com.au. They're also on Instagram under two-way hire services, TWHS. And um, I have just finally got the um, my GME XRS Connect UHF CB radio that I will supply with by two-way hire services. Uh, I finally just got that installed last week, so we had to wait a couple of weeks to get that done. Um, yeah, but finally got that that in, mate, and it's all nice and neat. Beautiful works, works perfect, mate. Uh, really easy to use. Looks nice and neat on the car. The antenna looks mean on the front there as well. I'll take a photo of it and chuck it up on the Instagram and Facebook page, the Average Man Podcast Instagram and Facebook page. It's just a really good product, product, man. Like the way they've got the the hidden um, unit inside the car, so all you see is the hand piece, and that you can do all your scanning on there, and um, you know volume control and everything, and uh, that can that also connects to an app that you get on your phone, um, and does things like when you're out. Um, so if you're out on a track somewhere or you're out even if you're out exploring a little bit or trying to mark certain spots every time you use the handheld uh, it drops a pin on the GPS that's attached to the uh, app on your phone and um, just shit like that just really easy to use nice like I said nice neat unit you don't see the main unit in the car that's um, that's actually mounted behind the dash and you just see the the um, the cord coming out attached to the handheld piece which is here nice and neat looks mean here on the, in the, on the dash mate so I'll take a photo of that and chuck it up and big thanks again to Two Way High Services for hooking us up with that um, so if you are in town um, and you're thinking about getting a new CB uh, UHF CB radio or if you, somebody hears this and they need a, a, a fleet to be decked out with new UHF radios I really really highly recommend you get hold of Ross at Two Way High Services like I said um, they, they do ship free throughout WA and this is a dude that not doesn't just sell UHF radios he really knows the products he stands behind the products that he that he um, sells he's got a good range there and he's really good on prices mate I've had a look at the prices of stuff in town you can get the products that he's selling a, a, a few of them in town and I've checked out the price and um, it's much more competitive than, than, they, than they're selling it for in like your full drive shops and shit like that in, and if some, some of the tyre shops stock them but they're much more competitive um, price through two-way hire services mate so even if you're in town you're worth uh, it's worth your while to get hold of these guys and um, 
get your products through him, mate, because they ship up here. He's, he knows his um, products. You can go back and forth with him. It's not just a, an item that's on the shelf. He doesn't know anything about it. And, um, yeah, he's got really good products, uh, customer service, and good knowledge of, of what's going on, mate. So I um, can't, can't emphasise enough how um, happy I am to have them as a sponsor. And that I really think that um, they're providing a good service, and that's why another reason I'm stoked to have them um, sponsoring the podcast, mate. So, yeah, get hold of them if you're in need of hey, um, a, a, a two-way radio. And, um, yeah, Ross will sort you out. Also, shout-outs to PCC Productions, the audiovisual specialists up here in the Pilbara. Shout-out to my friends at Shafton Spearfishing. The boys are a little bit quiet this time of year with the weather's been rat shit for diving. I think Lukey went out to Bella Bella yesterday for a trip. Hopefully they got some good clear water and got a bit of a dive around the islands there. And um, also a shout-out to Captured by Carlos, who is a Times 2 Average Man Podcast alumni. Now, so we had the interview with with um, Carlos last week, which was a really good chat, mate. He, he and I had a really great yarn, um, and went for about maybe an hour and 20, hour and a half, something like that. So it was a really good yarn, just nice and natural, easy, mate. We had heaps to talk about. I actually had to wrap it up there in the end, but you know, we could have sort of kept kept knobbing on for ages, really. But the only problem with that, man, was um, I... I got. I thought that the Esplanade would be a good spot to meet up because, as you all know, I've got little kids at home and no spare rooms or no space to really do this podcast at the moment. I did, you know, I know there's um, a studio for me on offer uh, at, at um, PCC's um, studios there in Wedgefield, but uh, it's a little bit. Um, I, I like to be sort of a bit more laid back, sort of outdoor kind of vibe to it. So um, when I'm interviewing people, it just makes me feel a bit more comfortable. So uh, I've, I've met people at the Esplanade before and I've, I've done other things like, yeah, just had, had them around my house if there's nobody home or sat out the front and done the, and done the interview there. Just like to be nice and laid back and casual and until I get that caravan sorted, I'm a little bit short on room. So we met Carlos down at the Esplanade um, and it was just much more busy than I thought it was going to be. It was quite, yeah, it was quite packed. We got there about, well, I think, two in the afternoon last Saturday and there was heaps of people, man. So like it was quite noisy inside. Um, we wouldn't have been able to have a decent uh, interview or conversation um, inside. So I went outside, and the weather wasn't too bad, man. It was quite nice. So I was happy to sit outside. That's where I interviewed um, Brad. Uh, sorry, Brad. That's where I interviewed um, William Smith of the uh, One Man Musical Human Rights. It's playing at the Fringe Festival right now. But um, I interviewed him outside and the sound quality was fine. But listening back to the Carlos interview last week, as much as we had a good yarn and I'm still really happy with the content, um, it, the, there was some horrible white noise in the background, which if you've heard that podcast or if you do listen to it, was um, the, the misting system. So they had the misting sprinklers on and the fan going. And I didn't realise it was going to be so loud on the microphone, but the entire time in the background there's like a... Because just the the frequency or whatever of those of those that misting system the, the microphone picked it up, man, and um, so we kind of you hear that in the background for most of the interview. They turn it off for about ten or fifteen minutes in the middle there, and it kind of goes quiet, and it sort of emphasises how much noise that really was in the background. But uh, I, I, you live and you learn, mate. I realise now that it's going to pick up that kind of noise if I'm outside. I'll have to sort something else out if that I'm in that situation again. But yeah, it's still still a really good podcast and, and really worth a listen. Um, Carlos, mate, he's just really positive, inspiring sort of young bloke, mate. He's a real go-getter. He's got a good outlook on life. Um, follow him on Instagram and, and Facebook. He's, he's got a lot of motivational, sort of inspirational stuff there. And he's not the kind of guy that just 
talks it and doesn't walk it. He, he's really living that the life that he's talking about. He's really out there working hard, pushing himself, trying to be positive influence to others, and and um, it's not just a front, you know, as some people sort of do online. So uh, he's a really good guy to, to to follow, to have a listen to that interview, to get involved and see what his work's all about. Uh, and yeah, man, just yeah, give him some support online, hey, because he's a really good photographer. He's got a good drone as well. He does some cool little creative videos, and he's a man that's that's moving forward. And like I said, really motivational and inspirational too. So that kind of gets it gets you get pumped up listening to him speak and how he's sort of enthusiastic he's about what he's doing and, and the things he believes in. So give that a listen and get behind him. Anyway. Anyway, man, another good thing that came out of that chat was a, um, a hookup for another podcast. So um, after I, after we had the the the, uh, the interview, he, he got hold of me and said he'd spoke to a bloke from the gym that he goes to Life and Soul there, and said this guy's really interesting. I thought you might like to have him on the podcast. So I said, tell me a little bit about a little little bit about him. And um, this dude basically is a sponsored athlete. I think he's sponsored through Life and Soul, which is the gym that those lads go to. And he's an Iron Man, so I thought that that's something a little bit different. And the guy is going to Europe pretty soon. His name is Nathan Grotch, Grosh or Grotch. I'll have to figure that out and ask him when I when I get him on the podcast. Um, how to say his last name? I think it's Nathan Grotch. And basically, yeah, he's, he's going over to Europe to compete pretty soon. I know that he's got a flexible work routine because of his training schedule. Like I said, he is sponsored by Life and Soul. So he's a legit actual athlete in our town. He's, he's a um, Headland boy. I think he's, I'm not sure where, sure where he's from originally, but he's a Headland local. Um, and and uh, he's a sponsored athlete, and he's going to do this big um, Ironman competition over in Europe. So I thought that same sounds like something pretty cool, mate. Another guy in town doing some cool shit. Someone I can have on and have a yarn to him and just see how that all works and, and how he got there, um, yeah, how, how it all came about and what, what exactly the events are over in Europe and all that sort of stuff and, and just branch out and have a few more guests. That's what it's all about, having a few more guests on, see what's happening in the community, get behind people who are local guys doing their doing their thing and, um, yeah, and, and good work um, for, for life and soul as well for getting behind him and, and sponsoring him too. I think I might need to go in and see those guys and have a bit of a chat and see if they want to um, throw there some support, just even if it's not financial, I don't care about that, but just throw there some support as in promotional and, and um, affiliation uh, behind the podcast as well. So I've heard you know a lot of good things about them. I, I do follow them on, on um, Instagram, and um, yeah, it looks like they've got a pretty good system there, so it might be time for me to, to stick my nose in there and see what it's all about. Anyway, go, go train there, and, and yeah, like I said, see if they want to be affiliated with the podcast. So... Um, something else to think about in the future for me and yeah look out for next weekend I'm going to have Nathan on next Saturday we're going to catch up so obviously I need to figure out a good spot to meet him and um, might end up kicking the kids out next Saturday for an hour or two and having him around the house so I can ensure that we get a good um, yeah good sound quality and I don't rock up to somewhere and it's um, full of people again <laughs> so yeah that's, that's, that should be interesting man I'm, I'm looking forward to that one um, anything else going on in town is obviously things are a little bit quiet this time of year when it's so bloody hot, man. It's just stinking outside. It's taken me a little while to come to terms with the fact that I'm not going to get a whole lot done on these weekends when it's hot like this because I'm out in the heat all all week, you know, working, man. And then um, 
comes to the weekend, uh, there's a little bit of stuff I can do around the house, you know, in the morning or in the afternoon or something, but I just don't feel like getting out amongst it, man. I'm not really that keen on taking the kid, my boy, out fishing or anything when it's stinking hot, you know. There's not a whole lot you can do. We sort of, so it's hard to some, sometimes for me to just sit still and just relax, but I am trying to save cash this month anyway, so it's not too bad of a, um, a result for me to have quiet weekends and just recover and get ready for work again for the next week. It's just been bloody hot, man. If you just if you don't re- if rest and recover, you just get smashed during the week. So it's a little bit hot, a little bit boring outside at, uh, on the weekends for us at the moment, but you get that, man. And the things coming up are... Uh, I know we've got Dan Sultan coming to town on April the 5th. It's the Avery Takes tour. So the Avery Takes is an album he's dropping um, pretty soon, start of this year sometime, they said, um, on, his, on the on the webpage. And it's basically a bunch of old songs, some new songs, some covers that, that have been recorded at the um, Avery Studios in Melbourne. And he's done some of his old stuff acoustic. Like I said, he's done some covers. There's a few new tracks and things like that in there. And it's a bit of a re-release of some of his old songs also. And he's, um, yeah, going to take that tour out on the road, coming to Port Hedland, which will be great. Dan Sultan's uh, an Australian legend, mate. Awesome songwriter. You know, he's got a wicked voice. That's really good rock and blues sort of um, style music. And... and um, I have hit him up on his Instagram page. It's Dan Salton Music, so I don't know if it's a, it's not a personal page, you know. So yeah, I don't know if he even really runs it. I'm not sure how it works, but I haven't had any love back uh, yet at the moment. I knew it was a long shot, but there's, uh, I don't really know how to get hold of these guys at this stage, man. Maybe I can chat to Brad uh, from PCC and see if he wants to, um, if, if he's got any contact with him, and see if he's interested in coming on the podcast and having a yarn. Like I said, I did know it was a long shot, mate, but. It worked out for me last time with Hands Like Houses, so thought I'd, I'd um, try and make contact there anyway, because that'd be awesome, mate. Imagine Dan Salton coming to town and squeezing in a little interview with the average man before before the show, you know. Um, that would just be awesome, mate. So I'm always trying to hit those new heights and, and um, reach beyond my means a little bit. That's how you get better at this kind of shit, so we'll see what happens from that. I wouldn't hold your breath, but I am, I am doing... The limited things in my power to try and get hold of him and see if he's keen to come on the on, on the podcast. Um, chili peppers. I got the chili peppers. That's not a local event, but that's an event for me. I got the chili peppers coming up on the fifth um, of uh, March. So pretty damn stoked about this, man. Chili peppers is a um, been a bucket list item for me for many many years now. I missed them. I missed them in 2002 when they came to Perth. I was just, you know, a, a young fella working away, spending all my money on uh, dope and piss and partying, and um, never had enough money to fill my car up to, to get from A to B. Yeah, and uh, ran out of cash basically was living from week to week all the time and, and Chili Peppers came to town and I couldn't get my shit sorted and get it together enough to, to buy a ticket so I missed out the next time they came to town I was up here in Headland it was just a timing thing it was like the start of the year or it was around an awkward time I'd just spent money I couldn't be going away again at the time to go see them so I missed them that time around and I've just always wanted to see them, man. Chili Peppers are one of my my, all, my top two sort of, they're in my top five rotation bands of all time. Um, and, you know, probably top two, really. I've just always loved them. Um, a lot of the albums have come at seminal moments, moments in my life. And then they really coincide, you know, with 
big events in my life and things like that. So I've got a soft spot for them. So I'm really, really stoked to be going to see them. And there was a trade-off to, to do it this time around as well. That is that M&M's back in the country are very, very close to them. I think M&M's in, the, in, at Perth, um, in Perth at the end of February. And then Chili's are there start of March. But, you know, I had to make that trade-off, man. Um, as much as I'd love to go see M&M again, being supported by the Hilltop Hoods and Royster 5.9, and Hoods are another one I've wanted to see live again for a long time. Um, yeah, it's just I couldn't do both of them, man. And I have done Eminem. I did him back in 2000, and I think it was 14, 13 or 14, last time he came to Australia after on the, um, the Rap God tour. And um, he hit up um, Melbourne Etihad Stadium, and we went over there and saw him. Uh, so... I'm pretty sure Ems was pregnant with Shady then. So I was pretty, um, yeah, it was, it was an easy enough decision for me, even though I would love to have gone to Eminem and seen the Hoods live again as well and see Royster 5.9. Um, I just had to do one or the other, and it was going to be chilly purpose to get them ticked off that bucket list, man. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Going to have a couple of days, well, three days, two nights down in Perth away from the uh, the family, which is something I haven't really done before. I went down to Perth for that funeral recently, start of this year. That wasn't really, a, obviously, a happy party event, though. Um, so this is something, I, I get a little bit of time out, uh, away, a little bit of time aside. I'm pretty pumped about it, to be honest, man. Like, um, you just don't get that kind of opportunities as uh, that with young kids very often, man. Even if you go out at night, time you have a babysitter and things, you've got to be up and um, back on the game the next, the next morning. So I actually get a couple of days off, um, let my hair down, let the dreads out, and go have a bit of fun, catch up with my best mate Eli. I'm going to stay at a hotel in the city somewhere, not sure where yet. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll probably just get something cheap and central, somewhere where we can walk to the stadium in East Perth uh, from, and somewhere that's close. Um, you know, everything's close enough when, once you're in the city, even if you go to catch an Uber here and there. So all sort of five or ten minutes away from each other. So looking forward to that, man. Uh, that's here, like I said, start of March. And uh, I've got our, I've got um, me and him will be twinning. Me and Eli will be twinning because we got, I got, well, Em's ordered, uh, my wife ordered a couple of Chili Peppers um, tour shirts for us. So we got the, the Red Hot Chili Peppers 2019 Australian tour shirts um, matching <laughs> to wear to the gig that on the on the uh, Tuesday night. So pretty bloody stoked. Looking forward to that one, man. And uh, on the while we're on uh, music news, um, the album. Sorry, the uh, name of this episode is Alibi. That was the opening song. And uh, it's from the movie A Star Is Born. So which is probably some people will be rolling their eyes hearing that. Some people, other people will be loving it. But see, M, M and I watched this movie a couple of weekends ago. Um, it was on a Saturday night. Uh, we just came home. Oh, I'm not sure if we've been out yet. Whatever, we got the kids to bed, had a couple of drinks, and, and we were flicking through. And, and I'd heard a little bit... I think I'd heard one um, review, just sort of offhandedly heard one review about this movie from the, the Screen Queen on um, Triple J, and she kind of wrote it off a little bit, this is the gist I got, like I think I was at work when I heard the reviews, I didn't listen to it too much, but she didn't give it a great rap, um, which I really shouldn't put too much stock in what this lady says, because I've noticed that every bloody chance she gets, she has to she has to um, relay relay a movie back to whether it's got strong female characters or you know lead characters or whether it's sort of um, 
uh, everything to, with her is to do with if women are used as sex symbols or objectified or if you know, they're strong female lead characters and, and even when it's got nothing to do with the movie and I think like that's not what the movie's about the movie is telling a story it's art it's film mate we need we need to keep that PC bullshit out of m- music and, and um, film and art things like that because they'll get they'll, they'll get uh, tarnished by it mate leave your political correctness bullshit for, for your social media social uh, justice social what do they call them social justice warrior sort of um, campaigning bullshit leave that away from movies and music mate it pisses me off she's done it so many times I listen to her and she'll say she's talking about this film um, I think it's a bit of a documentary style uh, uh, it's called something like um it's about two detectives from the 70s who, who uh, do social, who do mental profiling on serial, serial killers uh, inside, the mind of, ins, inside the mind of a killer or something along those lines. And it's based on a, this, a true story based on these two cops from the 70s. And she has a whinge about the fact that there's no strong lead females in it. It's not about strong lead female characters. It's about these two male detectives from the 70s who are investigating cases is an actual story but she has to harp on about the fact of the lack of a strong female lead it's like fuck off take that somewhere else mate so she does my head in a little bit the screen queen from triple j but I, I should know better than to put too much stock in what she says but like i said i just i wasn't invested in the idea of this movie from the beginning it was just whatever another movie coming out lady gaga's in it Oh uh, yeah, okay, she's the singer, uh, whatever, I didn't think too much about it. And then, yeah, I heard that uh, a sort of backhanded review on it. And then uh, we were looking for a movie to watch on Saturday night. This one popped up, I thought Ems would probably like it. I thought, oh, hell, let's, let's check it out. I do like Bradley Cooper, he's pretty good. So I put it on, and I absolutely loved the movie, man. So me and Ems both did, for, for a bunch of different reasons. So... Firstly, I was just really impressed with the the music. Um, you know, it's music that's been written by a sort of collaboration of a couple of different musicians. Lady Gaga was involved. Uh, Mark Ronson, the producer, was involved. Another guy, um, Lucas Nelson, who's Willie Nelson's son, he was involved. These guys all sort of got together and wrote these a, a bunch of songs for the for the um out for the movie. And they're and they're bloody good songs. Like there's some pop songs as the movie progresses through, which are kind of rubbish, and they're supposed to be. That's the the point of the movie and the story. The point of the story in the movie. Sorry. But there, there's some good blues, rocky blues type of tracks in there. The Bradley Cooper's character sings. Um, there's some good tracks that Gaga sings alongside Cooper when she first sort of starts, when he first introduces her to the to the um, stage. Um, there's some just some good solid tracks in there, man, and I was really impressed with that. Like I just think that people spend their entire life, you know trying to write music just for albums just for the sake of music and so many people don't hit the mark so many people make music that no one cares about so many people who are good musicians and good writers and everything just never put it together to make music that makes an impact um, and then the fact that some people can just sort of come together and write music for a movie but they feel like actual songs in their own right like I was really impressed with that man um, listening back to the the album a couple of times and and um, they're just some good bluesy rocky songs on there the ones that you hear on the radio I'm sure people are sick to death sick to death of the uh, I think shallows is the main song and yeah, I liked that song it was the 
it was the first big sort of song that that the Gaga sings on the album, and um, and, and it's very emotional the way she gets introduced to it, like this girl who's finally. She's been trying to make it in the music industry all her life and she didn't have the right look and she had her nose was too big and you know she had all the skill and all the talent but just never got picked up by producers and all that kind of thing which is probably a similar story to what how her, her career began in real life. And then she gets her chance, she comes out on the stage you know, with this song that she's written and this guy that's sort of given her the platform and she just nailed it and it was very emotional you know, and, and a really good song and I got into that and I enjoyed that one but that's not the song that did it for me. Um, at all, I just thought that was a good song with some really nice vocals and, 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 and a really emotional scene in the movie attached to it, but as far as Gaga's songs um, there was the second big one she sings solo um, on the on the piano, uh, it's called Always Remember It's This Way, and I was just I was blown away by that song, like the songwriting, the actual lyrics um, her voice her live performance, apparently she insisted on recording all these songs for the album and for the movie live on on set so so she's there on stage with the piano and the crowd are there you can hear them and then she and she insisted on them recording them that that way and and it's which gives her all the music an even more realistic sort of heartfelt um feeling like gives them some soul and just the way that she obviously knew how to put that emotion and that character she brought that character and their experiences to life because I guess she's lived a little bit of that and when she's singing she knows how to put emotion into it in the right places and it's just very very well done in my opinion and just like I said I was so impressed by the songs like the actual songs man like and where they could come across as a little bit... So the sentiment that they're trying to get across in the movie could come across as corny if they were to just say these things to each other or if they were to try and push it um, another way. But the fact that the song coincides directly with what's happening in the movie and with what's happening in the characters' lives specifically at that time, it's a really good way of nailing home the point and giving you that really good emotional connection to the characters and what they're going through without it being corny because it's in a song form. A song that's actually a part of the movie. It just all ties in really well. I mean, this movie is classed as a musical, but it's not like they just stop and break out into song like they do in in, in, in your traditional style musical, and everyone starts dancing around like uh, you know, all the the street sweeper and the and the shopkeepers all come out and start dancing and singing like they do in a lot of other musicals. It's not like that. It's obviously the music's part of the, the movie because they're musicians and they're on stage and they're travelling around. It just worked really, really well. And I was impressed with the songwriting, especially that song, and especially some of um, Bradley Cooper's characters' songs that he sings in the movie, like Alibi and the, and the one uh, Black Eyes, and a couple of them, three or four really good songs, really well written. And like uh, that brings me to the next point that I was really impressed with was um, was Bradley Cooper actually singing these songs. I'd heard that he learnt how to sing for the movie, but I thought it was just one song he learnt how to sing and. I thought it might be quite basic and straight down the line or whatever, but no, he sings all of his character's songs in this movie. He spent something like two years getting vocal training, learning how to get his voice deeper to, to play this character. Um, he learned how to play guitar as well, you know, like obviously basic guitar riffs so he can look like he's doing the right thing on stage, but he's actually singing these songs, man, and, and I was just so, so impressed with that, the, the commitment. Um, hung out with uh, musicians like Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam to get some of the characteristics and nuances of, a, of, a, of an artist, of a musician down so he can look the part when he's on stage and when he's um, going over the songs and things like that. 
and, and I just thought he nailed it, man. And not only does he learn how to sing and dropped his voice down and, and performed all the songs for the his character's songs for the movie, he also obviously got an Oscar, uh, nominated for an Oscar for his his um, role, his acting in it. He's he directed this movie, his, his, his um, directorial debut, this movie, so it's his project, his baby, um, it's a remake of an old movie, but he wrote, the, he wrote, you know, uh, co-wrote this this movie as well, so there's obviously, uh, the basic story is already laid out, but he's, he's written, um, line, you know, the, 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 the nitty-gritty part of, of lines and, and um, scene-by-scene sections for this movie, acted in it, wrote it, directed it, learned how to sing and sung in it and I just think he just did such a brilliant job man he was so believable and, and some people said that they didn't enjoy his character they didn't think he did a good job and I think that's because he doesn't steal the show because his, his character's sort of got an understated kind of personality as part of the personality and it lets Lady Gaga's character sort of shine through who is kind of the star of, of the show really so it was just I think I thought really really well done, man. The music, you know, the the blues sort of rocky blues songs that, that Cooper sings, man, are just really good tracks, man. He's got he's got a good voice, you know. He's got a good blues kind of voice, man. So I was really impressed with that, man. Actual real songs written for a movie and then performed by the the people who, who were acting in the parts and performed well. And um, yeah, and like I know other people do the sing and act, uh, sing and perform songs in their movies and things like that, like. Um, like uh, Hugh Jackman, but this is not a guy that grew up in, in theatre singing and dancing and then and, and acting was one of those. Like, this was an actor who learnt how to sing specifically for this role, for this movie. So, really impressed with that, man. And um, just impressed with the movie. And I didn't realise that it was so, uh, the movie was such a big deal. Like, I hadn't been paying attention to it, like I said. And then we just watched it and I really loved it. And I put some things out on social media, how, how awesome I thought it was. And then I realised that, yeah, well, no shit, everybody's all over this movie. It's, it's they're playing the, that song to death on um, commercial radio, which I don't listen to, I didn't know that, uh, that Shallows song, I think, um, and then realised, you know, this is the thing that everybody's buzzing all over, I didn't know that, I didn't come to it with any expectation, I, I just kind of stumbled across it myself, which was a good way to find it, you know, I, I harped on about it, got my best mate Eli to watch it, he said, eh, it was okay, he liked it, thought Gaga did a good job, but wasn't, didn't feel it the same way I did, I think just the fact that I stumbled over it like that, and um, was expecting it to be kind of shit, that I was really impressed, man, it was a really good movie, and yeah, uh, and, and on that same vein, I think I just mentioned then The Greatest Showman, Hugh Jackman. We watched that one recently too, which was a musical. And I enjoyed that too, man. Really good p performances. I like Zac Efron. He does well in it. Um, Hugh Jackman's always great. That was a good show. Like, real big. I, I love the time period it was set in, like the 1920s, 1930s, something like that. 1930s, I think. I really love that time period, man. So... And um, Hugh, Hugh Jackman's always great. His, his performances are great. His singing's great. Dancing, everything's great about him. So I really, I really like that one too. You know, and as far as musicals, another another musical that was pulled off quite well because they can be so shit sometimes. But uh, the way the way they do the musical in, in Greatest Showman, it's much more theatrical than than um, A Star Is Born. But it works for the kind of movie that it is and the character that they're playing and and that time period and everything. That really works really well. So that's another great musical movie that's out. Um, at the moment, um, so yeah, I mean, I guess that's all I've got to say about those movies right at the moment. The last thing I've got to, to harp on about, which is just a, bit, a few documentaries I've seen that are, that are um, on the up and coming at the moment, I want to I want to get involved in over the next few weeks. Uh, there's a Ted Bundy um, documentary on Netflix at the moment, which looks really interesting, man. I you know I don't know a whole lot about him, just what you hear peripher peripherally is kind of like folklore. 
Um, as you grow up, you hear about Ted Bundy. People mention his names in movies and in songs and things like that. And you know, I think he killed a shitload of women and maybe skinned them or wore their skin or did some creepy shit. And he was like a normal-looking guy. was quite charming and things like that. So that's quite interesting. I think I'm going to check that one out. It's sort of it's, um, based on uh, the documentary built around uh, some ex extensive interviews they did with, with Ted Bundy once he'd been captured. So that's pretty. It looks pretty interesting, pretty cool, pretty dark. Macabre, 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 macabre. Is that the word? Oh, find out that word when you're when you're in, um, intrigued with the the dark, you know, with death and, and the darkness and, and um, things like that. Things called the the macabre. Figure that bloody word out. Anyway, uh, that looks good. And there's another one from a rapper, Killer Mike, who's one half of a band, a group, Run the Jewels. He's got a, a um, documentary out called Trigger Warning, which is just about like social change in America. I think it's, tr it's from the, the, the African American perspective. Um, yeah, and just about what his, uh, it's like a narration on the way he sees a lot of the social issues built around the black community and, and what he thinks they can do to change it and entrepreneurship within the black community and things like that. It looks pretty cool. He's an interesting cat, very smart, very funny. He's on the Joe Rogan Experience a few weeks back and, um, and they're a great group as well, Run the Jewels. So, yeah, I'm, a couple of documentaries I'm looking at checking out. And, yeah, like I said, I, I went off on, on a bit of a tangent there with the um, Star is Born. Sort of, but I guess that was my review for, for the, for the uh, podcast. I do music and album reviews and things sometimes, so that was kind of my review for this episode. There's not a whole lot going on around town at the moment, besides it's being hot as balls outside. So, yeah, that's my, my, my review was the Star is Born this week, and I don't care, mate, if it's... Commercial sort of type movie, and they're thrashing that song on commercial radio stations, and people are singing it, and all that kind of shit. I really enjoyed it. I thought I think Gaga was great. She's got a great set of pipes on her. I thought um, Bradley Cooper was really good. I liked the way the movie played out. It was written well, directed, nice and long. It didn't feel rushed, but it never felt like it was dragging either. I think it was great because the, one of my problems with movies this day and age is that we're so used to good TV series now. You get something like Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, which I spoke about in a previous podcast, which I loved, another musical, built around obviously a music performer, so it kind of ties in well. But uh, the the um, Bohemian Rhapsody, Rhapsody uh, which was a great movie and brilliant acting and obviously great songs because they're Queen songs, but um, I just think it was rushed a little because it was a movie and that could have been done in a TV series. You know, you could, you could have had 10 episodes of Bohemian Rhapsody and really watched the band grow from their infancy and, and really watched all the small little changes throughout Freddie Mercury's life rather than they, you know they'd skip years and years at a time to get the whole story out and told in one setting but that A Star Is Born didn't feel like that it all happened sort of um, in a reasonable reasonable pace and, uh, and that's the same problem I had with The Greatest Showman actually loved that movie like the, the music and, and the theatre and everything in it And um, but I just felt like there was big chunks of time that get skipped over because they've got to fit it into a two hour or two and a half hour movie sometimes yeah we just get so used to um getting to the meat of, of, of these characters and the stories now with um, TV TV shows and TV series that you get, you get something like The Greatest Showman or Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody in a movie form and as good as they are they feel a bit rushed for me because yeah, you don't have the, the time there to really explore all the nuances of the story and the characters but 
not so with the Star is Born, not for me anyway. I felt it was a really good um, time, amount of time for, to tell that story. Loved it, loved it, loved it. That's my review for the week. Um, yeah, nothing else much to say on this one. Um, I just want to say thank you to anybody who's listening and supporting me. I um, hope you guys, yeah, I hope people are entertained and enjoying themselves. Um, sorry about the sound quality of the interview last week. I'm sorry to Carlos as well. The sound quality was a little bit shit, but we did have a good yarn, and you can hear us fine. It's just an annoying noise in the background, which pisses me off. So my bad. I'm going to get better at that. Um, and, yeah, keep on keeping on. I'll um, put a post, post a picture of this beautiful handheld CB UHF radio uh, installed in the Prado on my Instagram and Facebook page. Thanks again to Two Way High Services. You're a bloody legend, mate. And, uh, yeah, I'll um, be back next week with an interview with uh, Nathan Grotch. So that's it for this week, guys. Take it easy. Peace out. Average Man Podcast number 28. We're getting there. We're getting up there. Number 28. Alibi. Over and out. So.